This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Being your best with Trey Johnson. You know, in every area of life, God wants us to overcome. He wants us to win. He wants us to grow, to become everything we're called and created to be. And that's done one day at a time. You know, years ago, I was talking to the Lord about success. You know, I want to be the best me I can be in my family, my finances, my calling, whatever it is. And and just on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, true success is a person being in the process of knowing Him and being the best us that we can be. And when you think about that, when you discover your gifts, your callings, your assignment, your purpose, and you're walking that out, you're going to have resources come to you, the divine connections, the open doors. We're going to become everything we're called and created to be. And knowing God and doing that, living a life of purpose, that is true success. And today, you know, we're going to talk about what does a person do in the process when your faith seems weak? And maybe the victory seems lost. Maybe you're not seeing results. Maybe it's taken longer than what you thought. Every one of us go through that. You know, life happens to each and every person. But what do we do? What are some things that we can do to position ourselves to be strong in our relationship with God, to stay at a place of faith, and to walk in what Jesus died to give us? So let's get into God's Word today. I want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. And remember, we're talking about What do we do when faith seems weak and maybe the victory seems lost? I heard a man by the name of Kenneth Hagin say that years ago, and it just, you know, it resonated from time to time when we're going through difficult stuff. We're standing on God's Word. That phrase will come up, what do I do if my faith seems weak and the victory seems lost? So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in the New King James Version, it says, "...whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe..." lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So when you and I hear the word, we have a choice of whether we're going to believe it or not. We have a choice to believe that we're forgiven. We have a choice to believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a choice each and every day. Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says, I call heaven and I call earth as a witness against you. And I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, if you can't figure it out, choose life, that blessings are going to come to you and your descendants. So it is a choice when we hear what God's saying to us to believe it. Now, when we choose not to believe it, it says the minds of the people that don't believe are blinded. So we can't see what God has for us. What do we do when our faith seems weak and the victory seems lost? Well, first and foremost, let's identify where the opposition is coming from. You know, it's God's Word reveals God's will. So when we see that He wants to supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that isn't just to some people. It's to everybody who believes. See, this is a a faith walk. We don't walk by what we see or what we hear or what we feel. We choose to believe God's Word. And whenever we choose to believe it, the light comes into our heart, it comes into our mind, and we begin to see ourselves. We begin to see our inheritance. We begin to see beyond just things in the natural, and we see what is ours in Christ Jesus. So what do we do when our faith seems weak? We, we recognize that the opposition is coming from Satan. 
that the delay is coming from Satan. Now, there are times when you and I, we just make dumb decisions. I mean, have you ever made a dumb decision? I know I have. I could put up every hand and foot. You know, we're all a work in progress. But that's why, you know, Jesus came was for his mercy and his grace and to help us and to have a relationship with you and I. And, and if we were perfect and when, if we never made mistakes, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But you know, just like I do, we need Jesus. <laughs> we need the Spirit of God. We need the Word of God. We need the grace of God, the power of God. And we have what it takes. Jesus died to give us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So what do we do when our faith seems weak? We recognize the opposition, the delay is influenced by Satan. The holdback, the money. See, we need money to operate in the here and now. We need healing in our body here and now. We need protection here and now. But how do we bring it from the unseen into the seen? Well, we discover God's will by His Word. And, and if things aren't happening and we recognize, okay, the opposition, Satan's going to come to steal the Word. Jesus, the highest voice of authority in the world, think about it. His voice, His Word, what He says carries more weight than Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong. I know you love them, and they're great. I'm sure they have a great heart, but Jesus' voice carries more weight. It carries more weight than maybe your denomination or maybe what you learned growing up. Remember, a good question to keep us founded is what does the Word say? Jesus, the highest authority, says this. John chapter 10, verse 10 he says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief doesn't come, he's talking about the devil, doesn't come except to steal, to kill and destroy. Draw a line there. So that description goes to Satan. What I do in my face seems weak. I recognize that the opposition is coming from Satan. He's the one that's still and killing, destroying. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So life and life more abundantly, overcoming, growing, getting through things, um, getting on the other side, winning, that comes from Jesus. What I do when the victory seems lost, my faith seems weak, I recognize, okay, the opposition is coming from Satan. You know, it's interesting to me the way that we as people think sometimes. You know, in a, in a lot of even Christian circles, you'll hear people say, okay, let's say a storm comes in and destroys their home or destroys their land or, or maybe somebody dies prematurely in a car wreck or whatever the case. And they say, well, well, you know, God just took them home or God sent the tornado or God sent the destructive thing. God isn't giving you a family member and then destroying him. God isn't giving you a dream and then destroying it. God isn't putting it in your heart to build that home and then sending a tornado to come and destroy your home. You realize how dumb that sounds? And then we say, okay, God is the one that sent it. God doesn't work against himself. So it's important that we realize where the destruction comes from. Now, yes, we're going to have things happen. We live in a fallen world. We live in a curse-ridden world. But, but recognize that the stealing, killing, and destroying comes from Satan. You know, I have a, a good earthly dad, and I don't know if you had a good earthly dad or not, but I know his character. I know his nature. And if you were to tell me that he is destroying or killing or... 
I'm a nice guy, but we'd probably go to blows over the deal. Why? Because I know his character and nature. Well, it's the same way with God. I don't know what your perspective of God is, but hopefully today there's something going on on the inside of you that God is good and God is faithful and God is trustworthy. And when God births that dreams in, in you, He doesn't intend to, to give you the dream and take it out. He doesn't intend to give you the finances and take it out. He doesn't intend to give you the home and take it out through destruction. If you're in the insurance business, please listen to me. And I know that you have to say this and all this, but the floods and the hurricanes and the tornadoes, those are not acts of God. That stuff, and don't send me ugly letters. I'm not going to read them anyway. That stuff comes as a result of the curse. Now, we've all made mistakes, but you can go back to the beginning. And everything that God made, it was good. You don't see Him making a tornado in the Garden of Eden to take out the north side of the throne room. <laughs> no, no. Everything that He made, it was good. God's original plan for man was good, but when Adam sinned, he gave that authority over to Satan and the curse began to run rapid upon the earth. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but we don't stay short. Because of Jesus, we come back into place of relationship and we have the ability to overcome. Remember John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, In this world you'll have trials and tribulations and circumstances and situations and frustrations. Have you ever had any of that? <laughs> but don't stop reading. He says, But you can be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world and I've deprived it of power to harm you as a child of God. I've deprived it of power to harm you. I want you to say that to yourself. I've deprived it of power to harm you. In other words, God is saying, listen, I'm on your side. Listen, I created you to overcome. Listen, you are designed to win. Are you listening to me? I know you're going to go through things, but I am the good shepherd and I am here to help lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't build a house in the valley. Get through the valley. On the other side is victory. But how do you keep stepping when you feel like all hell is coming? Coming against you. You look here and you look there. See, devil, he does a pile-up method where it's not just one storm. It's not just this. It's like he wants to pile it up here and pile it up there and pile it up here until you're thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to get through this? And the answer is yes. You listen to me. The answer is yes. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20. So what I do when my faith seems weak my victory seems lost. I recognize the opposition. I, I rep, recognize the assignment to blow my family up, the assignment to hold back the resources, the assignment to still kill and destroy, the assignment of sickness and disease. It's not from God. Recognize it is not from God. The curse is not from God. You say, well, you know, but God allows it. Yeah, God would allow you to rob a bank too. That don't mean it's His will. God allow you to get on top of the, the roof and jump off. And if you break your leg, it isn't God breaking your leg, but He allowed it. See how dumb that sounds? <laughs> A lot of times when you look in the Old Testament, and it says God did this and God did that, when you look at that in the original, the translators, they put in the causative verb instead of the permissive verb. And a lot of times when destruction came, God allowed it because it was disobedience. We have a choice. He says, if you disobey, 
this is what's going to happen. And they disobeyed, and guess what? That happened. But God isn't the one that sent the destruction. It was a result of their choice and their disobedience. And they got from out from underneath the protection of God, the blessing of God, the hand of God. But in the New Testament, through Jesus Christ, you and I can get back in relationship with God. And even when we make mistakes, God's mercy is new every day. Even when we fall down, we have the ability to get back up. God wants to be a part of our life. But what we do because every one of us have moments when our faith seems so weak we don't know if we're going to make it. We recognize the thought to quit, the desire to quit, the feeling to quit comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. You'll never hear God say, it is too bad, you better throw in the towel. You'll never hear God say, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, this one caught me by surprise. Gabriel, Michael, can we get some help here? I don't know where this came from. <laughs> No, God is always on our side. He's always for us. And it strengthens us when we realize that God is not behind the storm. How did Jesus have the ability to speak to the storm and it, and it just became calm? How did Jesus have the ability to command sickness to leave and it left? How did Jesus open the blind eyes and raise the dead? How, how did He know to do that? Because he knew the sickness, the disease, the storm was not from his father, so he could boldly and confidently stand against it. And then he tells you and I to do the same thing. Listen to Mark chapter 4. I just want to read this to you. Verse 35 through 41. And I'll just read it real quickly. And you listen. And, I, and we're answering, okay, what do I do when my faith seems weak? We recognize the opposition is Satan. And you see Jesus dealing with this here. And in verse 35, Mark 4, 35, And on the same day when the evening had come, He said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took Him along in the boat as He was, and other little boats were also with Him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it already was filling. But He was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke Him and said to Him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then Jesus got up. And said, well, I wonder if this is God's will trying to teach us something. Trying to drown us out here. He's the one that told us to go to the other side. But maybe, maybe, maybe this is going to teach us something. Maybe us not making it to the other side is God's will. Even though he told us to get to the other side. That's not what he said. Listen. Verse 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? How could Jesus speak to this storm? Because he knew the author of the opposition was Satan. It was not his father. God was not trying to teach him a lesson. You know, just this past week, we were outside and we were practicing. And if you're just new to the show, you know, I still compete professionally and I rodeo and stuff. And we're sitting out there and we had tornado watches all day long. And I could tell you story after story of God's word just coming true and alive. And I don't say this to impress you. I say this to give you hope, to let you know that God is no respecter of person, but God is a respecter of faith. And it's only the doers of God's word that gets results. So regardless of where you're at, Choose today. I'm going to start doing the Word. And so we're outside and we're on our horses and we're practicing. We had tornado watches around and you could see the storm clouds rolling in. This is this just a couple of days ago. 
Sure enough, and I told the guys, I said, okay, I want y'all to agree with me. And I just began to speak to that storm, and I command it to dissipate. And I tell the high and low pressures, the wind, just to blow it, blow it back up into the sky and reroute. And it has no right around our place. And I pled the blood of Jesus over our place. And within seconds, you could just see the clouds just starting to dissipate. And just you just see the storm just going around. But then... A few hours later, you hear of all these reports and people asking, is everything okay? And they're sending pictures of big hailstones the size of softball. And, and none of it came near our dwelling. And, and once again, what, and maybe you're thinking, well, how come it didn't happen at your place, but it happened at their place? They're Christians too. I'm, I don't know. You never know what is going on in somebody else's life. Listen, there's been times that I've prayed and I've failed and I've missed it. Um, but always remember that if it doesn't happen, it's not God. That if it doesn't happen, it has to do with me. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I was weak. Maybe I was going through a bad storm. Maybe my faith, my word level wasn't to where it needed to be. There's all kinds of things. Don't ever judge another man's assignment. Don't ever judge what's going on in somebody else's life. There's enough effort and time to make sure I'm doing the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says it's important that you and I examine our own faith so that our faith is producing the fruit that it should be. So what do I do when my faith does seem weak? Well, I recognize the opposition is Satan. How could Jesus speak to the storm? How have I, you know, I've, I've seen that. I don't even know how many times of speaking to the storm. Because you recognize the opposition comes from Satan. How can you speak to the cancer in your body and curse it and command it to wither up and die and speak to your blood vessels and speak to symptoms, even the sniffles or whatever it is, a sore throat, you speak to it and, and you command it to leave your body and it doesn't have a right to be in your body. Your body was bought by the shed blood of Jesus and, and it's part of our inheritance that we're healed and whole and we can overcome, but... It takes faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So what I do when my faith seems weak, I recognize the opposition is Satan, and that God is good. Jesus said, I come to give you life, and life more abundantly. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, this is, we could teach on this for a long time. But this is where Paul writes to you and I, and I just want to read verses 10 through 13. And this is a very powerful... Um, when Paul's writing this, there's authority. This isn't a suggestion. It's not if you feel like it. This is not, you know, here we are at church and we're going to play patty cake and, you know, if it feels good, you just do it. No, he, he, he uses phrases. He, he writes with the, with the command, with, the, with authority to you and I from the heartbeat of God. So listen to this. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 13, he says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore." 
Now, he says, okay, there's great things in Ephesians 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. He says, but if you didn't get anything, I need you to get this. Finally, my brethren, you be strong in the power of the Lord. You be strong in the Word of God. You be strong in your prayer language. You be strong in the Spirit. You be strong. You have what it takes. The blood has cleansed you, covered you, redeemed you, forgiven you, and you have what it takes, and God is looking at you through that blood, and He gives you His armor. He says, now you choose to pray put it on because you're wrestling against something that you can't beat by yourself. You ever felt like that? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to overcome this? How am I going to pay it? How am I going to receive it? What? Put on the armor. That helmet, it's designed for you. The shoes are designed for you. The shield is designed for you. The breastplate is designed for you. The loin belt is designed for you. The sword is designed for your assignment, your hand. You have what it takes to overcome the world. What do I do when my faith seems weak and my victory seems lost? I put on the armor of God. I recognize the opposition is Satan, but I have the armor of God. Not the armor of John Wayne. Not the armor of Tom, Dick, and Harry. Not the armor that Aunt Boo Boo made me, the armor of God. And when God made this armor, He knew everything I was going to go through and He already designed it with victory. When He hands it to you and I, it's with the heartbeat of you're created to win. Now I need you to think win, believe win, talk win. I need you to be the winner that you're called and created to be. Be strong. Be strong. That phrase is the same word that He said. Light be and it's working right now wherever you're at. Be strong. It's continuing. He's saying my super's on your natural. My word is working in your spirit. My spirit is working on the inside of you. Now be strong and put on the armor of God and stand against all the wiles. Wiles means confusion. It means the attack of the mind. It means the deception. It means all the powers of darkness. He says, I need you to put on the armor of God and stand. Stenea, it means to put your arms back and you're called to a certain territory. And God is saying, I need you to look over that territory and I need you to look over that symptom in your body and I need you to look over that financial situation and I need you to look over that dream and I need you to look over that purpose and stand. Stanea, you are designed to win. Now get stepping and overcome just like I've created you to overcome. Now this is the intensity that Paul is writing this. This isn't, well church, okay, you're here, let's check the box on the way to lunch. I hope you feel better about yourself. No, no, he's saying I need the warrior in you to rise up. What do you do when your faith seems weak and your victory seems lost? You recognize the opposition is Satan. You recognize that he's not the one, that God's not sending the storm, and that you have the ability, you have the authority, you have the spirit, you have the name, you have the word to win. You have that. So what I do when my face seems weak, I recognize the opposition is Satan. And recognize God did not give you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. So if God didn't send the fear, resist it. If God didn't send the doubt, resist it. God didn't send the worry, resist it. God is not sending oppression and depression to teach you something. Resist it in the name of Jesus. God didn't send the storm, resist it in the name of Jesus. Resist it. What I do when my face seems weak, my victory seems lost, I recognize opposition is from Satan. I recognize God didn't give me a spirit of fear. I recognize that I have what it takes. And I want to learn how to use this armor. I want to learn how to renew my mind. I want to, I want to realize 
that if I want to discover God's will, I keep looking into His Word. I want you to think, if I want to know God's will, I look at Jesus. John chapter 14, verses 9, verses 10, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, He does the work. He does the work. So if I want to discover the will of God, and this takes us into this, to, to point number two, if you want to put it like that. What I do when my faith seems weak and my victory seems lost, I, I find God's will in God's Word. I discover God's plan for my life. I find the heartbeat of God by looking at Jesus. So when Jesus resisted the storm, you're seeing the will of God concerning that situation. When Jesus laid hands upon him, you're seeing the will of God in that situation. When Jesus um, rose the dead, when He opened the blind eyes, when He got His prayers answered, when He lived a life of joy and peace and overcoming, you're seeing the plan of God for your life, for my life. God is no respecter of person. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So my faith seems weak. Yes, I recognize the opposition from Satan, but I find out God's will by God's Word. God's Word reveals God's will. God's Word reveals God's will. So I just want to give you a few things here before we are done today. Knowing that God's Word reveals God's will, it's going to, when I'm in the Word, it's going to produce faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Every time I'm in the Word, and I'm just not catching it with my mind, but I'm allowing it to come into my heart. It's producing faith. It's producing an indicator that you're in faith as you're positive. I mean, I get people, they get irritated at me because I'm so positive. Well, God is a positive God. So either I'm going to please you or I'm going to please God and I want to please God. So you're just going to have to get over it and you're going to be okay. But when I'm in the Word, I'm going to be positive. When I'm in the Word, I'm going to begin to think in alignment with the Word of God. That's why he says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. When I'm in the Word, I'm positive. Now, if you're a negative person, you're eventually going to lose. If you're positive, positive is faith. When I hang out with God, God is a positive person. Who do you like hanging out with more, negative people or positive people? Complaining people or conquering people? Which one are you? <laughs> Let's don't stand too long there, but we can all change, right? We all have the opportunity to complain. We all have the opportunity to get down in the mouth. We all have the opportunity to throw our sucker in the dirt, but we don't have to. It's a choice to believe each and every day I will overcome, I can overcome. I'm going to find God's Word, I'm going to find God's will, and when I find God's Word, I find His will, and it covers my situation, and if it's in God's Word, I know that is His will for my life, and I begin to believe it, and I begin to declare it. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed... You believed, we choose to believe, therefore we speak. We also believe and therefore speak. You know you're going to uh, eventually speak what you believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So how do we take it from the head to the heart? We find God's Word, but I just don't want to know it in my head. How do I get it into my heart? Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says, This book of the law does not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will deal wisely, and then you will prosper and have good success. So we take it from our head 
to our heart by meditating, by thinking. Meditating doesn't mean you cross your legs and put your fingers together and hum. Meditating means that you're just rolling the word over your mind. You're rolling it. It's muttering. You're saying it over and over and over again that I am a winner. I am an overcomer. I am forgiven. I am redeemed by the blood. I have the mind of Christ. I have what it takes. I mean, you look yourself in the mirror and you remind yourself, I am more than a conqueror. God always causes me to triumph. You take it from your head to your heart. You meditate that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus that I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus, that I am the righteousness of God. I'm not talking to you about playing church. Have you realized that by now? <laughs> what do I do when my faith seems weak? My victory seems lost. I get into God's Word. See, this is a faith walk. And the only way for faith to come is by God's Word. And when I hear God's Word and I do God's Word, God's super comes upon my natural. So when I'm in the Word, I take it from my head to my heart by meditating. Listen to John 15, verse 7 and 8. He says, If you will live in me and abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, live in your hearts, live in your hearts. It don't mean they're in and out. It doesn't mean His words just bouncing and ricocheting. It means that you're staying with the process even when you don't understand why things are happening. Even when you don't understand why it's taking so long. Even when you don't understand what everybody else is saying and doing. You're just living in it. You're thinking it. You're staying abide. This is the illustration Jesus gives us. He's the vine and we're the branch. And our job is to hang on. Our job is to abide. Our job is to live. And He says the same life that's in Him is going to be the same life that's in you. And His life is overcoming. His life is good. His life is merciful. His life is gracious. His life is strong. His life is courageous. His life is winning. And He says that it's in you as a child of God. And He says when you remain in, in Him and you continue to allow the Word to live in your hearts, He says, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you and you will produce much fruit. And my Father is honored and glorified when you show and prove yourself to be true followers of Me. So when you're in the Word, you discover His will. Faith comes. You're meditating it. You're believing it. You're speaking it. You begin to realize, okay, God's watching over it. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, it says that, that He watches His words quick and live and active. And then God says, I'm watching over my word to perform it in your life. So what keeps me in the process? What keeps strengthening me staying in the word? Yes, I recognize that Satan is the source of the opposition and God is the answer to get me out of this situation. And you're thinking on the promises. Some of you need to stir yourself back up. You stir your most holy faith by praying in other tongues. You, you get in the presence of God. Don't let that freak you out. If some of you think, oh my gosh, what he just said speaking another. It will save your life. It will spare your life. It will strengthen you. It reveals the heart of God. I, don't get hung up on the things that are sent by God to help you. Get over it. Get over it. Get over yourself. If you want to win, you got to get over yourself. <laughs> if you want to win, you got to get over your religion. If you want to win, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? When, when God inspired men to write the Word of God, you know He had you and I on His mind? He's a good dad. He's a good father. He has a good will and He isn't going to do anything to hurt us or to destroy us or to know it's His words to help us, His spirits to help us, His names to help us, the ministry is to help us, the churches to help us. All God is so good. 
But I, I realize to strengthen myself, it's always going to be connected to the Word. I'm going to pray according to the Word. I was speaking at a university just a few days ago, and, and one of the uh, kids asked me, well, well, how do you pray before you compete? And I just began to share with them, when we learn to pray God's Word, that's always praying God's will. When you pray God's Word, when you find it in God's Word, it's His will that you're healed. It's His will that you're blessed. It's His will that you're forgiven. It's His will that you overcome. How do you know that? Because it's in His Word. And you just begin to take His Word and you begin to communicate back and forth between the Heavenly Father. Father, this is Your will. And you say, whatever I ask the Father in Jesus' name, it's given unto me. And it, strength will begin to rise. Strength will begin to come. You'll begin to get your clarity back. You'll begin to get your purpose, your vision, the plan, the next step. The next step is so important, so powerful. God's given us some steps today. Realize the opposition is Satan and get into the Word of God and allow it to strengthen you from the inside out. I could keep teaching on and on and on. And, and I know you're going to be back again next week and we're going to continue to get into God's Word. But I want to encourage you. Don't just think, oh, man, that guy, he sure does get excited. No, no. Take, take what God is sharing with us. And let's be doers of it. It's not just the hearers that get results. It is the doers it's the doers. I want to pray for you. You know, I know there's some people that are watching right now that if you were to die right now, you'd go straight to hell. And some of you, you've gone to church for years. The Bible doesn't say because you go to church, you go to heaven. Because you're a good person, you go to heaven. Because who your mom and dad are, your family members, you go to heaven. The Bible says the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that. If you were to die right now, and you were to stand in the presence of Almighty God, do you have a knowing on the inside of you? Can you recall a moment or time in your life when you yourself called upon the name of Jesus, when you believed in your heart, and it didn't have to be a formal prayer, at some point in time you said, Jesus, come into my heart. God, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you. Well, if you have, the Bible says you know. You don't guess. You don't wonder. You don't wish. You, you know. You, you know that you have eternal life. 1 John chapter 5. But if you don't have that knowing, I want to pray a very simple prayer. And when we pray this prayer together, I want you to do it out loud. And the Bible says, when you believe in your heart, and when you declare with your mouth, salvation takes place, and you come from the kingdom of darkness, and you come into the family of God, and the life of God enters you, and you're cleansed and forgiven, you become a new person in Christ Jesus, just like I know if you're watching this, you were born from your mom and you were born into the family. <laughs> well, spiritually, when you believe in your heart, declare with your mouth, you're born into the family of God. So if you've never done this, I want to pray with you. And right where you're at, I want you just to pray it out loud. I want you to believe it in your heart. Declare it with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. Would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Father God... Right now is the moment that I do believe in my heart. And I do declare with my mouth, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus, be my Savior. And according to God's Word, I'm cleansed, I'm forgiven, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to get a hold of us. I want you to call us. I want you to go to social media. Let us know. I want you to go to the website. Let us know. We want to get information into your hand. We want to help you grow in your relationship with God. My name is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to seeing you again real soon. Keep growing. Keep going. God bless you guys.